0: I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. We're continuing through the text. Uh, when I grew up, church had a couple of revivals a year. And you always had. Some evangelists would come in and he would tell you at some point, some night, he would give his testimony. Inevitably, his testimony would sound better, that he enjoyed life better before Christ than after Christ. I mean, he would tell you about all the cool things he did, the times he got drunk and funny things he did, and he'd go through all this stuff, and he'd be really pumped talking about all the stuff he'd do. And then he'd come to his day and go, and I've met Jesus now, and I'm, I'm excited about my walk with Christ. And you kind of left the feeling going, I don't know if I want to go here because it sounded better over there. Paul's going to give you his testimony today. Now, he's going to do the opposite of what all these guys did growing up. He's going to pump up his present walk versus his old walk. He's pretty strong about who he thinks he is in a bad way. So walk with me. Listen to what he says, beginning in verse 12. I give thanks to the one who's empowered me, Jesus Christ, our Lord, because he considered me faithful by putting me in ministry. Now listen to what he said. He said, I'm really excited to Jesus because he's empowered me for a ministry that he felt I could do. Now obviously, when he's standing there in the Sanhedrin has decided to, to kill the first Christian publicly, Stephen. They're so angry that they're, they're going to stone him, and they want to do it with all they can. So they take their jackets off so they can really get a, get a roundup going, and they drop them at Saul's feet. He's now known as Saul. And they drop him in his feet, and he protects their coats while they just get off on Stephen. I don't think it's at this point that God looks down and goes, yeah, he's going to be good in the ministry. I don't think it's good when that is over. And they realize nobody's done anything. So they pull him in and go, listen, here's some warrants. Head out of the country. Go north. Go to Syria. Go to Damascus. A bunch of these Christians have run up there. Go get them. Bring them back. We'll do to them here what we just did to Stephen. So he's on the way. Got his court orders, got his warrants. He's heading up. I doubt when he's got those warrants in his hand, particularly what he's going to say in a minute, that God looked down and said, boy, this guy's my guy. But on the way. Bright light hits him. It's so bright it blinds him. He falls down, and then here's the interesting thing in the text, in the Greek, in the book of Acts, it says everybody heard a voice, But only Paul really understood the words. And so Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? He said, Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now, he says, okay. And he goes over to a city where Jesus says, wait. He says, I'm going to send a guy to you. Now, he's there blinded, but he's waiting And he's decided that what he heard is correct. And sure enough, this guy shows up and tells him about the ministry. He says, okay, listen. God's decided you're legit now. You've listened to what his son has said about himself. So here's the deal. Two things. You're going to impact the world. You're going to preach the gospel before kings. But, it's going to be really bad. You're going to get beaten up. And you're going to suffer a whole lot while you do this. Paul says, about his new life, he says, listen, I am just grateful that I have this calling I have this ministry God looked down and because of my response to his son said you know what I think this guy can do it and then he's given me the power to do it he says I'm pumped even though I know if you want to know how bad it was go read 2 Corinthians 11 he talks about being in the ocean a night and a day talks about being beaten through four times talks about and, and he spends basically his entire life in jail he spends it in Caesarea He spends it in Rome his last moments of life are going to be 2 Timothy 4, where he's in a jail cell because he's a criminal. Every other time he's been in jail is because he's a preacher. This time he's in jail because he's a terrorist. He burned Rome, according to the emperor. And so he's going to be brought out and his head cut off because he's in jail as a criminal. And so it's tough. But he says, you know what, I am so pumped about the fact that Jesus, one considered me worthy to, gave me the power to preach to kings and stand in the middle of hurt. He says, I'm just pumped about that. So there's his new life, right? Now he goes to his old life. Look in verse 13. But the former, I was a, blasphemy, uh, a blasphemer, one who persecuted, and an insolent man. That's interesting. He says three things, right? Now, watch what he says. He says, man, I love where I am today. But let me tell you where I used to be. It was not good. You don't finish that verse and think he enjoyed his past life more than he does his his new life. He says, I was a blasphemer. That is, I sinned against God. I persecuted people. I sinned against people. And then this Greek word, we get the English word hubris from this. I was an insolent, angry, I've got it together, I'm coming after you kind of man. I sinned against myself. He says, in my past life, I don't look back at that and think it was cool. I don't look back there and think, wow, this is a great time to live. I don't tell you funny stories. I'm telling you that when I lived in my past life, listen, I blasphemed God, I beat up other people, and I hurt myself. I don't look back here and think this is good. Let me tell you something. If you look back on your former life before Christ, and it looks more fun than you are in Christ, something's wrong with who you are. He looked back here and said, man, I don't even like to think about it. Because I hated God, I hated people, and really, at the end of the day, I hated myself. Sin against me, sinned against God, sinned against other people. And I'm telling you, when I look at my past life, it's not good. But watch this. But I received mercy. I love what he does in this text. Remember what we talked about in the first chapter? We talked about the fact that grace is when God forgives your sin, and mercy is when he deals with the misery and the consequences out of your sin. Those two Greek synonyms pretty much, now they usher in and out of each other. If you have grace, you're going to have mercy. You can't get mercy without grace. But they are a little bit distinct. And so what he says here, I want you to listen. He says, listen, I, I, I'm so excited about where I am today i got a ministry. I've got the power of Christ. It's incredible. I used to really be bad. And here's the cool part. God gave me mercy. What he says is, I was so bad. He should have beaten me up. He should have punished me. He should have done something mean to me. He should have had a couple years where I had some bad things. He said, listen, he didn't do that. Even after all I did, after my blasphemy, my persecution, my attack on myself, listen, he still gave me mercy. He did not punish me. Christ took my punishment. Now watch this. Because I acted without knowledge in unbelief. Now listen. One of the most profound statements he's ever made right there. What's the first thing Jesus said on the cross? Father, what did he say? Forgive them. Why? They don't know what they're doing. There is no lost person in Bryant College Station that knows what he's doing. He says, when I was blaspheming, he thought he was honoring when he was persecuting, he thought he was doing what God should do, kill off these people that have rejected the Jehovah of the Old Testament. And when I did it with passion and fury, I thought it was okay. But I acted ignorantly. I really didn't know what I was doing. Look at this. But the grace of our Lord superabounded with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. He says, "Listen, I found God's grace." Now we're back to the word grace. He says, "I should have been punished. I wasn't, but let me tell you something. I found his grace. I was insane. I was blaspheming. I was persecuting. I was beating myself up, had no idea. But when when Jesus spoke to me and I heard his voice, I realized Oh, man. I've been a blasphemer. I, I've killed his people. I thought it was great when they stoned Stephen. I held the coats. I, and, and I was arrogant about who I am. But now I know. I had no idea then, but now. Since Jesus spoke to me. I now... Know the truth. Now, I want you to listen to something. You stay where you are in First Timothy. We're coming back, trust me. I want you to listen. Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi. Really cool spot. Beautiful part of the Jordan River, the beginning of the Jordan River. Garden area. Who do people say I am to go through the thing? Who do you say I am? Peter said... You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now listen to this. Jesus answered and said to him, You're blessed, Simon Barjoni, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now listen. And I'm telling you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Now listen to what he just said, okay? He said, I will build my church. Now listen, because we've missed this as Baptists. Peter said, I know who you are. Jesus said, that's right. You didn't learn that from me on a physical to physical basis. My father told you that. I'm going to build my church on those two things. It's not going to be built just on people that hear the gospel. It's going to be built on people that hear the gospel, and the Holy Spirit confirms that gospel in their heart. So he says, listen, I'm going to build my church on people like you that my father spoke of. And so Paul's an example. He's on the road. He doesn't get it that he's a blasphemer. Jesus speaks to him. He goes, he kneels down, and he says, okay, you're right, I'm wrong. And now, ministry, power. Now listen. This is why the Bible makes that scary statement that says Jesus said you can be forgiven for anything except one deal you blaspheme the Holy Spirit now blasphemy we we don't translate that word it's blasphemous we transliterate it if you translate the Greek word blasphemy it really just means to speak against to disagree with if Paul when he's on the road and he gets blinded and he hears the voice now he has a choice he can say you know what I don't want it I don't want to do, I, I like what I'm doing I, I like the fact that I'm climbing in Israel I like the fact that I'm an important rabbi I like the fact that I, I, I'm really somebody here and if I do this I don't want to do this I don't want to be persecuted I don't want to have this happen so I'm telling you I'm not in Now listen, prior to this, he's not known who he is. But when he hears that voice, and he says no, now when he blasphemes, he knows what he's doing. Now when he persecutes, he knows what he's doing. Now when he's insolent in his spirit, he knows what he's doing. And now he doesn't act in a belief Now he acts in total understanding of who he is. Bible says in Hebrews twice. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You don't get tons of chances. But when you hear it, when you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, you now have a choice. You either yield or don't yield. But listen, it doesn't matter whether you don't yield. Now you know the truth. And now you're going to live with it. If I die, if I look at Jesus when he speaks to me and I say, no. And I die in that no. I die in my disagreeing with what the Holy Spirit told me about Jesus. Listen, if I die in the no, I have no hope. If I die in the yes, his grace and his mercy flood my life that's why he said I don't really like my old life the new one's way better I don't face punishment I don't face sin going to heaven when I die I chose yes yeah I I get shipwrecked once in a while but it's still a good life you say well yeah but maybe it's just for Paul I mean, after all, come on. He saw a big light, heard an audible voice. Maybe it's just Paul that gets that. You yeah, know. Look at verse 15. This saying is faithful and worthy of all acceptance. In other words, I don't care if you're on Jupiter. This saying is legit. Doesn't matter where you are in the universe, this saying is legit. Here it is. Listen to this. I love it. That Jesus Christ. Came into the world to save sinners. He didn't come into the world to condemn us. He didn't come into the world to kick, teeth in our, to kick uh, dirt in our face. He didn't come into the world to say, hey, you aborted a child? Well, let me tell you how bad you are. That is not why he came in. He didn't come in to condemn us. He came in to save us because every one of us in here is a sinner. So every one of us has a shot at being forgiven through the grace and the punishment removed in the mercy. He came to save us that's his purpose Paul says I don't care where you go in the universe buddy it's a truthful saying and I love this next thing look at this of which I am the chief he says I am not the SEC champion in centers I'm not the big 12 champion in centers I hold the national championship I got the ring there isn't anybody worse than me I blasphemed I persecuted I was bitter against myself. I'm telling you, though, I found a new life that is unbelievable. What a powerful testimony. I don't want my old life. I like my new one. You get in shipwreck, don't care. You fought the wild beasts in Ephesus, I don't care. You got beaten bunch of times, I don't care. You've been in jail a bunch, I don't care. My sin's gone, my punishment's gone, I don't care. look at this but I was mercied because of this that in me Jesus Christ might show first his unbelievable patience as an example to those about to believe in him resulting in life everlasting he says Jesus gave me mercy so he could hold me up and say now remember something okay? Holy Spirit wrote this Bible Holy Spirit basically just told you, if he can save Paul, he can save you. You've done nothing worse than Paul's done, and if he's saved, you can be saved. It's a great statement. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. But you don't understand free drive. It doesn't matter. His grace, his mercy is conditioned not on you, but on the blood of his son. There isn't anything you can do that offsets his blood. I'm golden. I don't want to go back to that old life. And then he says to the king of the ages, eternal, invisible, the only God, honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He can't let it go. He says, man, I want to go back here. I want to stay where I am. So listen. at some point particularly living in America at some point the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and say Jesus is who he says he is you are who you think you are and you need his forgiveness now listen today you hear his voice harden out of your heart say, at that moment, you say yes or no. Now listen, you have to make a decision. <sighs> Killed me. I'm home last Sunday night and I'm flipping channels, which is what men do. I'm flipping channels and I pull up the pastor of the biggest church in Texas, his Easter sermon. So I'm thinking, okay, we'll see how this pans out. It was outstanding. Talked about the old covenant. I mean, I was literally just glued and shocked. Talked about the old covenant. That the high priest went in and killed lamb for his sin and killed a lamb for everybody else's sin. They had to do it over and over and over and over because the blood wasn't good enough. But that Jesus came. And his blood was different. He only did it once because his blood was good and it worked and his blood covers over our sin. Use that word. And I'm sitting there watching this and going, wow. And then here's what he did. He basically, after really an excellent statement on Easter, he basically stepped out the crowd and said, you have it. It's yours. Just receive it. Don't worry about it. You're golden. Everything's okay. He died for you. You're great. Go home and rejoice in your forgiveness. I can't do that. His blood is for everybody, but not everybody gets it. He will speak to you about that sacrifice. He will say, listen, I'll give you my grace. I'll wipe away your sin. I'll give you my mercy. You will not face a single punishment over it ever. But you've got to accept what I tell you about my son. If I die in the no, I miss everything. I die in the yes, I'm okay. I don't care what you've done. Thief on the cross. Mouths Jesus for about three hours. Was there a bright light for him? Not that we know of. Matter of fact, the Bible says darkness came the light. Audible voice to him? Not that we know of. Why? Because God and Jesus are not talking. They're separated. I don't know how but somehow this guy figures it out and he looks over at g he looks over first at his buddy and goes back it up man this is our fault it's not his and then he said lord remember me when you come in your kingdom what did he say hey today You will be with me in paradise. I'm going to wipe your sin away, and I'm not going to punish you one bit. Even though you've lived so wickedly, they put you on a cross, and you've done it wrong your entire life. Don't care. My grace will wipe away your sin. My mercy will take away your punishment. You are okay as of now. I don't know how I heard it. Doesn't matter. I don't know how you hear it. God speaks to everybody in a different way, but I'm going to tell you something. He will speak. He will make the offer. And you have to decide whether you're in or not.